Hello and welcome to Kaiju Coffee Break, the podcast about giant monsters and the giant nerds who love them. I'm Lee and I love monster movies. And I'm Sarah and I wanted to make a podcast about coffee. Well, we're not doing that tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I thought it'd be kind of funny for our birthday episode. Yes, today is a very special day. It's a very special day in two ways. It's my dad's birthday. Yes, it's Lee's dad's birthday. Um, (laughs) Also, it's the first birthday of Kaiju Coffee Break. Isn't that exciting? Mm -hmm. Yay, one whole year of harassing all of our friends to listen to our podcast. I've done a horrible job of that. I don't know. At least some of them do listen. Mm -hmm. The ones that also make podcasts, I think. Like a third of them listen. Yeah, but some friends who don't make podcasts also listen, Mm -hmm. is all I'm saying. But it is also... Sarah's birthday. It is. Yay. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Hello, yeah. everybody. How old are you? No? Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm not going to let people steal my identity. All right. All right. They can't have my full birthday. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, what were you drinking? Because <laughs> I've only had water. Oh, no. You had a sip. Oh, that doesn't count. I got sushi for my birthday. Delivery sushi. It was pretty good for Barrow, I would say. Yeah. The edamame was sad. A little bit. Disappointing in a way for $10. My, my um, interesting burger was very delicious. Yeah, because we have kind of restaurants around here that you can order sushi and a cheeseburger from the same restaurant. At the same time. Yeah. And they don't even care. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does not care. No. Um, okay. No, so I was drinking uh, yuzu shochu. Mm-hmm. Chuhai. Um, <clears throat> a chuhai is shochu, which is a distilled liquor that's kind of like a cross between whiskey and vodka, I would say, mm-hmm. but lower alcohol. It's usually made from uh, rice or barley or sweet potatoes or any variety of things. And it's kind of like vodka in that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, distilled down to like, what, 20% or it's well more than that, but less than most hard alcohols. Yeah. <clears throat> and then probably... 30%. Yeah, a chew high is uh, then the addition of like a sweetened syrup and sparkling water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like a fizzy, it's like a white claw kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being completely it's honest. It's a Japanese ourselves. white claw. It has a Japanese white claw. Um, anyways, so I was drinking uh, Yokaishi Mugi shochu in a chew high. And then I made these to start myself with yuzu juice that's then brought with me from Portland. Yep. So that was exciting. I had a sip. It was very good. Um, the thing I drink that is equivalent to that, sometimes made with whiskey, is just called a highball. Yeah, if you make it with whiskey, it's a highball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why chew highs are shochu, literally ch- shochu highballs is what yeah. that's short for. Yeah, but those, they make them in more flavors. Usually the uh, a whiskey highball is just kind of... Lemon. Yeah. Yeah, you could have do yuzu in a shochu highball, though, or a whiskey highball, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've also had uh, mikan shochu highball which is like orange and melon and they're all delicious lemon yuzu all those different ones yeah i've seen them grapefruit grapefruit's really common but i can't have grapefruit because my medication so Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've also had a plum shochu that one caused karaoke yeah that that's what caused me to do karaoke (laughs) (laughs) um all right so we watched a movie. We did. No, I thought we can do more of an introduction than that. All right, all right. We don't have that much to say about this movie, I'm afraid. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start off by saying, <laughs> sorry we haven't put out an episode in a little bit. I've got a job. Please working now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to make a podcast when we're both working full time. Yeah. More than full time, on in my case. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, just really busy and... Yeah, it's summertime, so we're also trying to get out and do stuff. And yep. I, we, my family came to town, and then, we, and then, and then, and then, and then, yeah, and then, and then, and then. So we're here now. Yes, so. the important thing is we're here on this year of our day of our Lord, my birthday, to record a podcast for the you. The day of my daughter's wedding. The day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an important day that is both my birthday and Lee's dad's birthday, and our friend Katie's birthday. Yes, and happy birthday, Katie. Two other people that I'm aware of. Wow. Yeah. It's a popular day for birthdays. Yeah, like uh, October October 12th, big day for <laughs> for getting it on. Yeah. All right. So, what have you what kind of other stuff have you been doing in other than podcasting lately? Well, let's see. I just started up Pokémon Snap. I'm not too deep into that yet, but I did beat Judgment. Finally. <laughs> Only 85 hours later. <laughs> So what was your favorite, like, side th- thing in that game? Um, Just all the side quests were uh, a lot of light humor in, compared to, in comparison to the main story. 
Yeah, no, I more mean like so. There's like the the different gambling aspects and the baseball and the like casino and the um, what is it? The VR thing what, of those oh, and the the racing. Like, what of those was your favorite? Um, the racing I think was the most fun. That dice game was just kind of all the other parts of the game into a, a money making format in the mm-hmm. game. I was not good at the poker games because mm-hmm. I am always too aggressive. <laughs> and it's I, true. That's your kind of your whole thing when you're playing a game is you really get in there and just lay down the beat down. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was not good at poker. Um, Mahjong, I could never quite figure out, <laughs> even on easy mode. Fun fact no one actually understands Mahjong. <laughs> Uh, but it was that shogi that I truly did not know what was going on. <laughs> I only tried that once or twice. So the racing game, it was it was straightforward, but it was fun. Like I enjoyed the parts about like finding pieces to upgrade your mm-hmm. drone and things mm-hmm. like that. And like 3D races like that I haven't done very often. So it was fun. Yeah, true. That's like an additional layer beyond kart racing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, got your money's worth on that one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you've been playing something new too yeah i've been playing subnautica below zero mm-hmm. i think it's kind of good for you know it's cold outside yeah <laughs> so it's kind of nice to play like a game about being outside when it's cold but there's ice in the game and in the real world yep i can look outside and see basically the same thing it's in the game so that's mm-hmm. nice there's but, more ice outside yeah i think that one thing that's kind of unrealistic about this game is like the colorfulness of the reefs mm-hmm. directly under the ice that is not <laughs> how earth app like environments work <laughs> yeah i guess that's the video game aspect of yeah, it. yeah but it's i mean it continues to be a really beautiful game i played the first one and then i rage quit it like basically at the end because i there was a glitch and i couldn't finish it so I cheated should have used those hacks i don't want to cheat besides i don't know that even i can on the playstation you can oh well thanks for telling me but no <laughs> i don't want to cheat i was just like angry mm-hmm. basically my like i was in a deep deep area and my vehicle despawned and so there was no way for me to get back to the surface with enough oxygen and i was eventually going to starve mm-hmm. um which really sucked yeah so yeah and then i even had i had a prawn i thought i was gonna make it so the prawn's like the mech mm-hmm. and then uh a warper got me and warped me into the lava and my <laughs> prawn was like sparking and dying and it's like are you kidding me mm-hmm. so anyways long story short i rage quit on subnautica right at the end and um so far, there hasn't been anything in Subnautica Blue Zero that I needed to know from the previous one. So Good. And it's fun. Uh, there's a lot of quality of life fixes in it. Yeah, and there's actually, like, some voice acting story stuff. Yeah, there's Other actually, like, characters. some legit story and motivation on the part of the main character, which is kind of nice. But a lot of other stuff is the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of the crafting recipes are, like, identical. And, you know, the assets are mostly the same. But there's new, new animals. And I do like that some of the existing fauna, like, in Flora... I've just been modified a little bit for like an Arctic climate. Mm-hmm. So instead of a peeper, it's like an Arctic peeper. And it looks a little bit different. You know? Yeah. I think that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been enjoying Subnautica Below Zero. Good. And um. let's see, I've been reading. <laughs> Hang on, let's go. Uh, I Okay, let's see. I read Between the Last Time We Recorded and This Time. Like 10 books? Uh, Yeah. Um, I guess big biggest shout outs. I really enjoyed uh, The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley. Really mm-hmm. good. I always like her books. They're um very sweet and slow moving and just precious uh and i really liked black sun by rebecca roanhorse indigenous author who writes about indigenous stories i really liked that one a lot it was like a kind of magical realism story set in like pre-contact aztec mm-hmm. times um and what else did i oh i read the second book in the expanse series which i also enjoyed and right now i'm reading bacchanal by veronica henry which is a depression era south story about a carnival all right yeah that there i read other stuff too but <laughs> <laughs> i have slowly been reading our friend's book oh that's right what is cameron's book called it is called uh-oh you can just cut that out <laughs> we know born we... from a myth oh born from a myth okay look i was thinking of the part one title which is door in the desert Do- oh that's really great though i like yes. that so yeah that's why i had to like hitch because okay all right his book is so long i've kind of had to part Parted out a little bit. Is it really long or are you just a slow reader? It's both. How long is is it? Do you know? um, In pages? Do you have any idea? I could look it up, but it's like a full on, like it's a long book. Well, good good job, Cameron. Not only did you write a novel during quarantine, you wrote a long novel, apparently. (laughs) I think that's good. I like that. Yes. Like I'm enjoying it for sure. Mm -hmm. 
I'm supposed to be eating, reading it for editing, and I just kind of started reading it. So, <laughs> reading good it job. <laughs> That's funny. Well, good. Yeah. It'll make it easier for an editor eventually. A mm-hmm. real editor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are watching Godzilla Singular Point, and we're figuring out a good way to talk about that to you. Yes. Oh, yes. We have watched, I think, the first two episodes of it. Yes. Kind of taking it slow. It's very interesting. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's um, different, for sure. The advances of technology in it are kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like, they have the, a robot, <laughs> a yeah, mech. Yeah. And just like a free download, incredibly smart AI. That yeah. Can, but I think that that was like not a widespread thing. Well, it was just there. If I guess is my point. That really reminded me of a book I read a while ago called uh, All the Birds in the Sky, mm-hmm. where one of the main characters is like, so the two main characters are both really smart but one of them is like a witch so really gifted at magic and Mm. the other is a computer genius and this guy can't get his AI he's trying to build an AI and he can't get it to work until his friend who's a switch kind of like tinkers with it a little bit Mm -hmm. and it ends up saving them in the end basically Uh oh spoilers for all the birds (laughs) in the sky which came out like 10 years ago um but I just it kind of reminded me of that of that kind of like because the AI that he builds gets loose into the world and it turns into like a matchmaking service <laughs> out in the internet <laughs> because it really wants to bring people together. Like it's interested in what humans are attracted to. Mm. So anyways, that was, yeah, one of, <laughs> whatever. One of the things I like about this show is that the characters are adults. They're not yeah. like teenagers or kids. Yeah, they're young like adults, that. but they're adults. Yeah, but they are still adults. They're I feel like, like this is a good time to remind everyone that I have had something to drink. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm doing my best. You're doing good. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. I'm talking over you though. Hmm? I'm talking over you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Right. just get really excited. It happens. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, we're enjoying Godzilla's Singular Point, even though it's kind of inscrutable at this point. I kind of like that about it. Yeah. It's weird. I like weird stuff. It is weird. Yeah. It almost reminds me a little bit of the movie Contact uh, with the, like, emphasis on the alien signal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, point being, we're talking about this, but we will find a way to actually make episodes about this <laughs> anime at some point here. Yes. Don't worry. Not that we think you are. Want to talk about the movie? Uh, Sure. So what movie do we watch? We watched Godzilla vs. Gigan, which came out in 1972. So this movie is available from HBO Max and the Criterion Collection with a subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's $4 to rent or $15 to buy from Apple. Apple TV, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this movie was directed by Jun Fukuda. Music is by Akira Ikufube. The runtime is 90 minutes exactly, or an hour and 30 minutes. All right. So what kaiju are in it? Uh, So this was a little hard to like decide how to do. There's a couple montages in the first 10 minutes of all the kaiju. I'm not going to list all that. That's kind of pointless. Because they're not really in it. I yeah, they, they were stock footage scenes. But um, Godzilla and Agarus both show up 18 minutes in where they talk for reasons. <laughs> um. Anguirus land, makes land briefly in like Japan somewhere. It doesn't really ever say. And then goes right back out. Yeah, he gets shot out of a She turns out, he's like, okay, well, peace, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then King Ghidorah and Gigan appear from space about 38 minutes in. Then King Ghidorah and Gigan both land and start to destroy a city, which I. Is Tokyo because I remember seeing like Tokyo Dome and things like that. Oh yeah, they they destroyed the Tokyo Tower too. Yeah, and finally, um, Godzilla and Anguirus land at fifty eight minutes in, and they start to finally fight. That's when the good and the bad finally meet each other. Fifty eight <laughs> minutes in. Fifty eight minutes into a ninety minute movie. Yes. Uh, incidentally, that's also the part where I started to fall asleep a little bit. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. So this movie. Oh, actually. Sorry, are you ready to give your one-minute plot synopsis? Um, Sure, let's okay. go for it. Go. All right, the main character in this one is a comic artist for some reason, and um, he's going around trying to just sell his art to people and ends up selling it to, like, a children's foundation, which we find out is in, it's looking for a quote-unquote absolute peace, which can only be a bad thing. Find out later that they're aliens who are cockroaches. <laughs> And for some reason, they control King Ghidorah and our new character, Gigan. They eventually land on Earth, for some reason, flying at like 400 Mach, which is just ridiculous. And then Godzilla and King Kong fight. 
Uh, no, wait, not Godzilla and King Kong. Right <laughs> in my head. I didn't actually like that movie that much. <laughs> Godzilla and Ungirus eventually fight King Ghidorah. And Gigan. And Gigan. Okay. Yes. And also there's humans that do stuff. Done. One second remaining. Good job. I don't think I actually did a great job, but... Okay, bad job. Yes. <laughs> do you want me to say that? That seems mean. Is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, you could probably talk about the zip lighting or... Anything. Yeah, at one point they they escaped from a tower by using a weather balloon to get a rope up to the top of a building and then zip line down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how... Or why. Yeah, or why. That was a good idea, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it brought you back from the brink for a little I bit. I woke up for briefly <laughs> during that scene. Yes. So let's see. Let's talk about who's in this movie. All right. Uh, this movie starring Hiroshi Ishikawa as Gengo Kotaka, a comic artist. So he's like a mangaka, basically. Yeah. And, uh, the creator of Kaiju. So he's like imagining different mm-hmm. monsters and stuff at one point he creates mama gun which is a personified kaiju version of his girlfriend slash boss and also it's supposed to be a mom though like it's an yeah. angry mom yes the two characters that he creates are an, an scary homework monster and an angry mom mm-hmm. um which kind of says weird things about their relationship no matter what it is but. yeah i'm sorry i do not i did not get the girlfriend vibe from that but it whatever. wasn't really in the movie but several descriptions i read said that so all right uh we also have tomoko umeda as machiko shima who's the hippie sister of a different <laughs> character in here yes um it was a little difficult to find some of these names uh is this one furiko are you sure it's not yuriko hishimi <laughs> Uh, it's probably the second thing. Ignore that F. Okay. <laughs> Yuriko Hishimi as Tomoko Tomoe, my favorite character, is definitely boss, maybe girlfriend, who's also a black belt in karate. Yes. Just like Yoshimi. <laughs> um, uh, we got Minoru Takashima as Shosaku Takasugi. Mm-hmm. As Zan Fujita as Fumio Sudo, the chairman bad guy. So those were the two uh, bad guys, right? Yeah, um, Shosaku Takasugi and Fumio Sato. No, Shosaku is the um, the other hippie. Oh, the hippie boyfriend of the sister. Okay. Yes. The corn guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And then Kunio Murai as Takashi Shima, the captured brother. Yes. All right. So I guess we could say that the Gengo gets involved in this partially because he runs into uh, Machiko Shima, who says that her brother has been kidnapped at the children's fun land or whatever and then he's like suddenly like super into yeah he just like gets right in there and (laughs) and agrees to help them and is part of their crew or whatever and engages in corporate espionage and journalism yeah (laughs) investigation (laughs) stuff he's actually like a pretty good investigative journalist though i was kind of impressed by that (laughs) but they at first they they think he has like this tape or whatever Mm -hmm. and so they stick him up and the what's the guy's name uh shosaku is like pressing a gun into his back, except for it's actually a piece of corn. And then he faints. <laughs> and then he faints. And then when he wakes up, they're eating the corn. Yes. It's so dumb. Would yeah. you say it's corny? It's also worth noting that uh, Haru Nakajima is playing Godzilla in this. This is his final appearance as Godzilla. Do you and think the special effects director ate him? I don't think so. Okay. I hope not. I but um, <laughs> Ever. He played as Godzilla for 18 years. Um, he was Godzilla in 12 different movies and played in 22 films total as Kaiju. Wow. So, wow. yeah, 22 films in 18 years. That doesn't even account for his, like, regular acting Yeah, career. wasn't he? You know, he wasn't in Pulgasari, though. That was no. different. Okay. Sorry, I was thinking about... That's just... That's insane. That is insanely prolific. But he was also in, like... Um, Yojimbo and Samurai, Seven Samurai movies like that. Wow. Yeah. So he's a, he was a definite piece of that classic filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, yes. then this is kind of a sad occasion for us to say goodbye to Haru Nakajima. Yeah. Why don't you tell us some trivia since I read all the, the names? All right. Um, almost all of the music in this film was pulled from Mother of Movies of Toho's archives. Oh. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> I mean, it was all the good stuff, but it was all, we've all heard it before, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, in one form or another. Yeah. There's a scene where Godzilla and Angira speak, and when, in the version we watched, 
It's like weird squiggly audio. And then there's speech bubbles in the English version. They're just talking. What do you think Godzilla's voice sounds like? Hey there, kids, don't do drugs. That might honestly be it. (laughs) I didn't search out of YouTube because I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, huh? Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Maybe I will splice in like a... 10 seconds we'll see uh i'm sorry if you will chance toho <laughs> come at me you don't say that send me that letter no. i want to frame it no <laughs> Don't send us the letter, please. I don't want to be sued. Okay. Um, I was wrong. This is a between Sarah and me thing. Oh, this okay. is the first time that Godzilla actually bleeds. How is that possible when he literally lost an eye in the last movie? No blood. Oh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the last appearance of King Ghidorah in a long time because he was just too expensive to have on, cre- <laughs> on screen. It took 20 people at least wow. to make. King Ghidorah happened. That's too bad because I feel like his appearance has been really drastically improved from the previous time he appeared in this one and he looked great. Like, yeah, they gave him a new paint job, changed some face stuff, um, but the body was the same. Yeah, it, like the the face had a lot of like almost fur kind of on it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. It looked great. Yeah. I, I still really like King Ghidorah, the appearance of him. I like his scales. I just mm-hmm. want to touch him. He looks like a good touch. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what you think of Des Ghidorah later on. Des Ghidorah? Yes. Are you sure it's not Ghidorah Des? Yes, <laughs> I am very sure. Oh. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, last piece <laughs> of um, quote-unquote trivia. I'm just more putting this person on blast from IMDb. <laughs> Why don't you read it? The main human characters, when they descend to the ground on a cable, it is obvious that they are mere miniatures in reality. For one, they don't have the proportions of a human being, nor do their clothes look like the ones the actual humans were wearing. Yep. That's a little nitpicky. I mean, that scene was really noticeable. Well, yeah, but, like, what are you expecting with this kind of movie? And this person, I'm assuming a neckbeard, is... Don't be racist. (laughs) (laughs) He says merely and... Nor. Like, who says that in normal conversation? You don't. I do sometimes. <laughs> Not at the same time. Dude, I have to tell you about... The, I told, like, an amazing joke at work today, and now one of my coworkers is, like, kind of not talking to me. <laughs> so she was talking about how much she doesn't like microbiology, and I shrugged, and I was like, it grows on you. <laughs> now she's that mad at me. That is bad. <laughs> okay. I do occasionally say nor. When I'm feeling hoity-toity, but whatever. Who asked you? Anyways? I never hear you say merely. Merely. <laughs> and that's the voice you should have read that. <laughs> no, sorry. Let me go back. Okay. <clears throat> the main characters, when they descend to the ground on a cable, it is obvious that they are mere miniatures in reality. For one, they don't have the proportions of a human being, nor do their clothes look like the ones the actual humans were wearing. How's that? That's perfect. That's like comic could Comic book guy level, and that's exactly how I read that. Comedic, when I first did. comedic gold. Finally, <laughs> I've been funny on this podcast. I all expect right. you all to be laughing. Please clap. Do you want Jeb Bush on here? Is that what you're asking for? Please clap. <laughs> <I'm> a little drunk. <laughs> you had one drink. Um, you don't know how much shochu I put in that. Generally, it's like a sniff of it. Nah. <laughs> all right so this, this was mo- based in tokyo they were in tokyo they never say that but there's like tokyo dome and tokyo they had tokyo license plates they always do we can't <laughs> go off of that <laughs> they, they had them in fukuoka uh, i didn't remember that but they also destroyed tokyo tower so yeah i'm gonna say this was in tokyo all right there's also like this children's fun land or something like that. <laughs> wherever that may be with and a then- fake godzilla there were brief intervals that they were on Monster Island because we're still in, like, I guess the time in which all the monsters are somehow contained to Monster Island. Yeah. Kaiju mm-hmm. as they say. All right. So why don't you tell us what you loved about this movie? Um, One of the first things that stuck out to me that I ended up liking a lot about this is that 
our main character, he's just an artist who ends up like falling into this giant scheme. He's a regular guy. Like we've had thieves and soldiers and astronauts. And now we have just like an artist, which you, I kind of like that. Do you remember the one um, where the guy was like an inventor? Yeah. And this kind of reminds, he was kind of like that. Like mm -hmm. he was just kind of a normal guy, an inventor. He's kind of down on his luck, you know? Yeah. And, and I like that too because it yeah. it's different. You no, know? we liked that guy a lot too. So yeah. it makes sense. Especially when he fell down the trap door. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> um, okay, I'll read the next one because I this is something I liked. Yeah. Uh, the boss slash maybe girlfriend, Tomoe. She's like a black belt in karate. She beats up at and least they, five people. They literally this. spend like half the movie just carting her to different places so she can beat people up. Yep. She's the only one that has any fighting skills. Yeah, she like disarms our, the cockroach aliens of their laser guns without a hesitation yeah she's just she just straight up brings out the black belt and goes to town on yep. everyone and i love it mm -hmm. especially since some of these movies don't have like a great track record with women yeah <laughs> the fact that we're now at the point where it's like lady they just this lady just beats people up and she's the only one who can like it's so wonderful yeah but then unfortunately later in the movie it's like the men go off to do things while the women hide in the bush they did that a couple times when you were asleep Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> little peek behind the curtain there. My brain kind of shut off on this one. Yeah. But, but anyways. She does kick butt, then, but then I feel like some other writer takes over for a bit, it feels like. Hmm. That really reminds me, I remember watching this, uh, it was like a Star Trek episode, and I watched like the commentary. Mm -hmm. And there was an episode where they had to, I don't know if they went back in time or what, but they were like fighting. And the men all got to use like fencing swords and the women were crunching like pottery over people's heads, except for it turned out that the two women actresses were actually the ones that knew how to fence, <laughs> which is such BS. Yeah. I mean, such. Bogus. BS is fine. BS is fine. Yeah. BS, 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 BS. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what didn't you love about this movie? Uh, there's so much stock footage. Like whenever you, you see that, it becomes super noticeable, especially when like some of the movies are 10, 15 years old that they're pulling from. Yeah. It pulls you out and you just, you recognize it. and it's. I can't believe that they kept making these movies through this era because they're like, they, how did they do well? They're obviously so cheap. Well, more and more they started getting aimed at kids and kids are easy. They don't notice stock footage mm. like we do. <laughs> Wait, let me say that again. Kids are easy. They don't notice stock footage like we do. Well, they haven't seen it before. Whoa. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't trying to be a leader. I just really want to bring out that kids. voice when I can. I'm, now I have a character I can play. All right. <laughs> at Sarah on that. No, please don't at me. <laughs> don't at me, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> um, Shosaku with the, the male hippie guy, his character kind of just boils down to being a kind of fat hungry guy and that's not cool he's like the guy in that um that game you were just playing who's like battle cries go on mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah like half of the scenes that we see this guy in, he's eating like at one point he hands everyone bananas because he wants one and he has several he's got the corn gun like he's just overweight and so it's just like his character is i'm hungry honestly that banana scene was so wild <laughs> i mean if you think about it not in terms of like a filler but just like okay let's take like a five minute break to watch the characters look at and then consume bananas mm -hmm. it's weird yeah why because <laughs> this movie had a lot of filler in it maybe that which... served the plot in some way that i like did not could not conceive of i couldn't conceive of it with two watchings so <laughs> But yeah, like this kind of leads into my next point. Um, takes an hour for kaijus to finally start fighting in this kaiju movie. I have to say that there's something a little funny about the fact that you're like, it takes them an hour to start fighting. And then you're like, but then they fight too long. Well, it's <laughs> it's like um, that Man of Steel movie for me where like it's endless fighting. It's just it loses your interest. Somebody starts to fall asleep. Everything goes downhill. Yeah. I woke up when the people were on the screen. Yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of my point. Like, the fighting needs to be broken up. Yeah. A straight half hour of kaiju violence is just, 
It's a bit much. It's gratuitous. <laughs> and well, it, it needs to be broken up. Otherwise, it just get kind of blends together. Well, especially since they do reuse their shots. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, the same shot of Angerus getting bombarded. You see it from a couple different angles and a couple different times, you know. Yep. And like there were a lot of scenes of Godzilla and Angerus just swimming. No, except for they clearly like people in suits walking in waist deep water. Yeah, well, they're supposed to be swimming. And my point is just like, we get maybe five or ten minutes of this movie where they're just swimming in the water. And talking. And this isn't finding Dory. (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of funny that they occasionally are like, oh, let's check in with Godzilla and Angeras. They're on their way. Still (laughs) swimming. Still making weird, like talking and making weird jokes and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, so strange. And that doesn't even count for the scene where Anguirus makes land to get shot at only to swim back to Monster Island. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of just like, hmm, they're coming eventually. Yeah. And at some point, the people's opinion of, of Godzilla has definitely changed because normally, you know, they'd be like, oh, no, Godzilla's here. But now they're like, oh, yay, Godzilla's here. Mm-hmm. So they've decided for sure that he is their friend, but he's, they still keep him up on the zoo island for some reason. Except he's a lot uh, able to leave, so yeah. So, yeah, that's true. What's the point, <laughs> Kaiju Island? At this point, maybe it's just a vacation spot for Kaiju. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. All right, so shall we take a break? Sure. All right, see you soon. Hey, it's Burr Martin, the Internet Selfie Dad. Join me and my wife as we talk about all the weird news from around the world. Mirror reports a married couple have slammed strangers for assuming their grandfather and granddaughter because of their 30-year age gap. Defiant Chelsea, 22, says they're happier than ever after the first meeting in a coffee shop. Bruce, a 52-year-old retired car dealer, offered his recommendations on coffee, and the pair hit it off from there. They say the... Hey, recommend a good bean. I guess you get a hot chick. Wow. <laughs> Gave her the hot bean. They say that they've been inseparable ever since they met. Bruce said, I never thought someone Chelsea's age would be interested in me. She has an old soul. <laughs> Insider. Uh, wow. I just knew that there were some really bad jokes rolling around. No, you just grabbed out both hands, white knuckles, didn't you? <laughs> Name of his sex so subscribe now to the Burr Martin Experience podcast. It's a weird world out there. Let's laugh at it together. And we're back. Welcome back to Kaiju Coffee Break, the podcast about giant monsters and the giant nerds who love them. I'm still Sarah. I am still Lee, and I hope you enjoyed that pants pending ad. Yeah. Because we're not good enough for Casper mattresses or me undies. Please stop it. Don't say that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting paid for it. Squarespace. Ah! <laughs> Fuck Sue. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's talk about what we thought was ridiculous in Godzilla vs. Gigon. Um, I have a bunch of little notes here. <laughs> Corn gun is one of them I see. Yes. Because it was ridiculous. Apropos of nothing. Huh? <laughs> <Apropos of> nothing. <laughs> Corn gun. Yes. Well, like, the main bad guy is like a 17-year-old kid who is actually a cockroach man. But his inner <laughs> our introduction to the seventeen year old cockroach man person is a rotating desk. I like that you you fix yourself there and you recognize that cockroaches probably don't have genders. <laughs> cockroach man, I mean person. <laughs> cockroach man person. Oh. The cockroach is uh, projecting a human's body to the human minds around him. Based on a real person, which, like, why would you do that? Mm. If you could be anything, why would you pick a real person whose identity you've stolen and who is dead? Because this is pre-internet, and it's probably fine. Well, they tracked him down easily enough, didn't they? Yeah, but, like, a multi-million dollar company didn't realize that their CEO was a dead 17-year-old kid. I think they all knew. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> okay. Point is, there's, like, a... a desk that rotates like it does a full 180 chair desk person the whole yeah imagine you walk into your new boss's office and he does that i mean how do you not know they're evil at that point Mm -hmm. no no non-evil person has a rotating (laughs) desk i used to have a standing desk yeah i actually i set a vision of like the new evil corporation and they're like hang on let me move my desk up here This one rotates in 360 degrees. (laughs) Whoa. Vertically. (laughs) (laughs) It's on a centrifuge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You got to balance your desk before you start spinning it. Yeah. uh, Also, there's a corn gun. Like, 
the guy holds up our artist friend with a corn inside of tinfoil. <laughs> hey, it worked, didn't it? it? Yeah, he fainted. And then they're like, oh, it was corn. See, munch. <laughs> munch. Uh, I, you have it here that they're ridic- it's ridiculous that evil aliens or giant cockroaches pretending to be humans. But I will have you know that when that was a gag in Men in Black, most people thought it was very creative. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. Well, hmm. I guess it was the portrayal of the cockroaches in this. Yeah, but it's not like they had the same special effects options. <laughs> True, but yeah, I guess it's the the same kind of thing. I guess maybe was, I don't know. It just came off as more ridiculous than it did believable. The men in black cockroaches seem much more buggy than these guys. That's true. Yeah, he like that actor made sure to include like bug characteristics in his portrayal of bug man but these people are just people they were wooden acting yeah kind of, yeah um okay uh edgar suit, edgar suit. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that really is a good movie so. yes it is okay uh Ghidorah and gaigan fly in at mach 400 which is about three hundred and seven thousand miles per hour or, or 49 kilometers an hour what 49,000 kilometers <laughs> Three hundred seven thousand miles per hour, or forty nine kilometers per hour. <laughs> what? Sorry, that don't seem right. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yes, they fly in very fast. Yes, like I feel like that fast would set the atmosphere on fire or something. It would be pretty bad. Like I don't think you'd just be like, "Oh, they're coming in at Mach four hundred. I think you'd be like, "OMG, they're coming in at Mach four hundred. They're going to produce an impact crater Say in Tokyo." Your prayers. Yeah, RIP to all of us. RIP to Japan. Yeah, <laughs> and not to mention, can you imagine the noise that would make going four hundred times the speed of sound? You wouldn't hear it until it was too late. You would be destroyed by the sounds of it passing by you. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. It'd be like, oh, something's on the horizon, and then just bones. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> I really want you to isolate that and put it on a button so you can just be like, bones, bones, bones. As you may have previously heard, Sarah was drinking earlier. I was. It's true. <laughs> Sorry. So Gigan is a character that's got. It's a chicken. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken, Space except chicken. it has. Blade beaks and like blade mandibles over its beaks, and it has a buzzsaw in its chest. I was getting to that. Oh, I was sorry. gonna, I was gonna mention it. it's a blade arms first. Like, how does it eat if all it is a snipe? <laughs> but yeah, it has a buzzsaw belly, and at one point it uses it to begin to saw through a building. Like, why? How does it love? How does it make other gigants? <laughs> We'll leave that to your imagination, Like listeners. a salmon. <laughs> if you really want to, send us an email, and I will make Sarah read it. Yes. <laughs> Wait, read it out loud or just read it? Both. Send us an email if you want me to read it in my sniveling nerd voice. <laughs> I have to call Cameron in on this. What? Yeah. Why? His excellent uh, reading, their writing on Adam's birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> we don't. He can I don't, eloquently put this for you to read. In I don't your know voice. <laughs> how many people saw what Leah's referring to, but basically, our friend Bronwyn on Adam's birthday, Adam of Nerd Fame's birthday, like hi Adam, hi Adam. I don't think you listen, but hi. Uh, wrote this long, like I'm so glad to have Adam as my best friend. They are not acquainted, <laughs> and then all of Bronwyn's friends, including us, jumped in to like talk about how much Bronwyn and Adam's friendship means to them and how he donated a kidney to, to them. And like, and how someone stole that friendship away. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was all, hilarious. It was all great. Anyways, point being, this is like our friend group. Point being, Gigan has a buzzsaw belly. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's how we started, huh? Yes. Oh boy, we're getting really off the rails here. Yeah. Okay. So, but how does he love? I, we'll find out. Don't Google it. I'm not going to. Next bullet point. Um, in the final scenes of the humans, they convince the aliens to blow up their own tower by loading the bottom floor of Godzilla Tower with TNT. And then Gengo makes a six by six rendering of him and his four friends. Okay. I just want to jump in here. In black and white. They didn't 
fill the lower half with TNT. They filled the elevator with TNT. No, it was the bottom floor. No, it was the elevator because then the elevator went up, right? No. The doors open. Yes. The no, doors. I rewatched this part. The doors opened and the door in the door was them. And so they were like, they were standing by the door with their guns getting ready to shoot, right? The door of the elevator opens and it's, yes, Lee. No. No, the aliens came down the elevator no. and o- the door is open and that's where the TNT was. That's that is like, how that That happened. is like the same thing. It's the opposite thing. It's the complete if opposite. If you're a henchman and you're like, oh, something is going on downstairs, why would you get in the elevator? You're not even supposed to get in the elevator if the building's on fire, no less packed with The only TNT. stairs were outside the building. <laughs> well, that's bad, bad design. That's all I have to say about that. It was designed by cockroaches. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, cockroaches are closely related to termites, and termites are excellent builders. So, Yeah, the termites are. But termites are cockroaches, Lee. <laughs> You're about to learn all about this. All right. All right. Point is, at some point, Gengo drew a six by six drawing of him and his four friends in black and white. And that's what the aliens shoot at <laughs> yeah, to blow themselves up. <laughs> They're like, oh, no. It's them in it's black them. and white and 2D. And they look like caricature artists. But whatever. Shoot at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their whole plan was predicated on these people being willing to shoot because they did not, like, put any kind of firing mechanism on the dynamite. They just hoped that these guys shot at the dynamite, which yeah. is a heck of a bargain or a heck of a... I feel like if you have dynamite, you'd also have a fuse. But I don't whatever. know they didn't. <laughs> I don't think they did. But yeah. what do I know? I guess I don't. I didn't watch this movie at all. Yeah. So did you have anything you thought was awesome about this movie? I still really like Tomoe. All right. She, she kicks butt. So you love her and she was awesome. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um, this is a kid's movie, like first and foremost in it, but it still deals with some really heavy topics. Like the idea of absolute peace is a pretty heavy subject for That's true, yeah. a four-year-old. When we were watching this, I sort of wondered if maybe this was about the Cold War a mm-hmm. little bit. And I couldn't find anything to like support that proposition. So maybe it's not. But I just, I kind of felt like, that kind of discussion of like the difference between peace, which is a lack of violence and an actual peace. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. But these cockroaches version of peace was humans dead. Yeah. Killing all the humans. <laughs> which I've seen that in other like media as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thing. yeah. No, that's a common theme, but still mm-hmm. it's like authoritarian peace, I suppose you might say. Yeah. But that was, a pretty heavy topic for a kid's movie. For a kid's movie, yeah. This movie was a, um, a little bit less of a kid's movie than some of the some of the previous ones. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Hedora was, too, because people got skeletonized in Hedora. I mean, that one was kind of dark at times, too. So yeah. The last two movies have been kind of, I would say, laying it on a little thick. Because <laughs> this one also had some heavy environmentalist themes as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, There's a scene where our heroes raise a weather balloon up to God, uh, fake Godzilla's eye to attach a zip line for the captured heroes to escape from. Were we talked about that? Yes. Yeah, we, we did talk about that, but I just need to point that out again. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that it is was awesome. So too, not the easiest way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about and what you thought was awesome? No, I think so. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> uh, then I guess it's time for... Da-na-na-na-na-na. Sarah's Science Hour. Not really. No. All right. Cockroaches. When you think about cockroaches, what do you think about? A story my mom told me. Of oh, boy. <laughs> her vacation to Hawaii and being chased down the street by a giant cockroach and someone going la cucaracha as they ran by. I have never heard this. This actually may have been Tijuana. I can't remember. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I do not. I cannot believe it. I am sorry. You refuse to believe it. Yeah, my brain will not accept that. Although I have to say that does actually kind of mesh with something that happened to me. <laughs> I The lab in Arizona, the, the guy was cleaning the laboratory and he like moved a biohazard bin that we don't move very often. And there was a dead cockroach underneath. It was big. Like I thought cockroaches were small, but this one was a big one. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, what is that? I may have said words I can't say on this podcast as well. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, es la cucaracha. Yep. And I was like, ah. 
Anyways, so we named him Walter and we had a funeral service for him. Rip Walter. All right. So crazy things happen on the border. That was not what I was hoping you would say. (laughs) 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 Curveball. Admittedly. Uh, I think there's a lot of myths out there about cockroaches. Some of them are true. Some of them aren't. We're Mm going to talk about cockroaches and why everyone thinks that they're very long lived and hardy and strong creatures and why they are and aren't. So uh, probably some like myths you've heard about cockroaches that they can live a long time after they've been beheaded. They could survive more radiation than human beings that they're immune to poisons. You can cook them in the microwave. Um, A lot of different crazy stuff. (laughs) I've heard everyone except the microwave one. Yeah. You know, shocking number of people have their microwaves infested by cockroaches. (laughs) So when I was trying to research that one, I was like, all I could find was like, how do I get these cockroaches out of my microwave? (laughs) It's a really weird problem to have. I think I would just get a new I'm microwave. I'm also glad I've never had that problem. Yeah, right? I don't know. I couldn't tell if maybe there aren't really cockroaches in their microwave and they're just really concerned about the possibility of there being cockroaches in their microwave. I don't... That one is unconfirmed. That one, it also sounds like something you would say about somebody else. He's got a lot of cockroaches in his microwave, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying, but you're saying it. <laughs> Oh, no, this is getting even more off the rails. Okay. Uh, so I just want to talk about, like, what is the truth behind some of these myths? Um, so we'll start with radiation. Uh, cockroaches are about five or six, uh, sorry, cockroaches are about six to 15 times more resistant to radiation than human beings are. Uh, but they're actually not even the most resistant insects that have been studied. Drosophila fruit flies are more resistant to radiation than cockroaches. That's why we do a lot of studies on them, right? That is or? not why we do a lot of studies no? on just not full oh, okay. of proof lies, but I cool. mean, I'm sure it helps <laughs> in case you accidentally irradiate your laboratory. Your entire experiment doesn't just die. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I don't know exactly the reason. I tried to find out and there wasn't a lot of information about it. I found one source that suggested that it has possibly to do with the fact that cockroach cells don't divide unless it's molting. So they go through a phase where they all their cells divide as they molt and then they don't otherwise. Mm-hmm. And radiation typically would affect strongest dividing cells, right? Because yeah. it causes mutations when the, the DNA divide. is replicated. Yeah. So if you if your cockroaches are not dividing or cockroaches are not molting when they're exposed to the radiation, then they wouldn't be as strongly affected. Mm-hmm. It's the idea. But then you also have to keep in mind that cockroaches still live in the environment and if there's a bunch of radiation in the plants and all the animals and everything that they consume as food they will die eventually Mm -hmm. like most of the time these studies they just irradiate a cockroach and see if it's alive a week later but that doesn't really say how a cockroach would actually survive like nuclear winter Mm -hmm. um from what i could tell some articles that i read this myth may have come from the fact that there seemed to be a lot of insects in hiroshima and nagasaki after they were bombed but that's not really saying that these animals can survive nuclear radiation because <laughs> there are people in these pictures too. Mm-hmm. So if people can survive it, certainly animals or bugs can too. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird, but that's that may be where the myth came from. Okay. And again, they are more resistant to radiation than human beings are. So that part is actually true. All right. Um, also, they can be beheaded and live for a while afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why that's the case. Uh, they don't have circulatory systems the way that we do. Mm-hmm. In our bodies, our blood is under pressure inside our veins and arteries. So if you behead us, the blood comes out and we no longer can survive. <laughs> Human beings die in like a minute without blood. Mm-hmm. We, we die really fast without our heads. Um, but but insects don't have that. They have a different kind of circulatory system. It's not under pressure. Uh, so they don't, as long as like, they're not going to bleed to death, basically. Mm-hmm. They can dry out. So when they've done studies about beheading them, they usually seal that with wax to keep them from drying out on the inside. Um, but they will not bleed to death. Um, they're cold-blooded, so their metabolism is a lot lower calorie intake required. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to starve right away. <laughs> when they do die, it, it will be a starvation, unfortunately, because right. they can't eat, right? Yeah. Um, they don't have lungs. They Their brain is not involved in all at in the process of transferring oxygen to their tissues. Instead, they have holes in the side of their, their chitinous out, outer covering and then kind of spicules that transmit the air to the inside. Huh. So basically like really kind weird. of gills <laughs> a little bit kind of, um, but they don't really have like 
blood carrying oxygen the way that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also have a a partially disseminated nervous system. So if you're at all familiar with human neurology, you might be aware that the brainstem controls what we would call autonomic nervous function. Mm -hmm. So that keeps our heart beating and our breathing and uh, autonomic responses to like responding responses to touch and that kind of stuff is all handled by the brainstem. Um, they they're the equivalent of the brainstem is actually like disseminated throughout their body mm-hmm. so they can keep on having autonomic nervous function or basically as long as they have a body all right uh, they're not capable of learning or making new memories during that time obviously um but they will walk move you know they can't see so they won't move a lot but so yeah, if you like injected food into them or something that could yeah they could potentially live for quite a bit longer that's really weird yeah but <laughs> it makes sense i, I mean yeah it's... they're just they're just simpler creatures um the head part when it is cut off does live not quite as long mm-hmm. the brain in all animals is a much higher calorie input organ yes um <laughs> so and plus i don't know if they have those like oxygen spicules in their head so the head does not live as long but in the refrigerator it can live for quote unquote a while <laughs> according to the articles i don't know that, that sounds means. scientific i know well okay but like the body can live for weeks mm-hmm. so that's pretty impressive obviously humans can't do that um yeah. so we're gonna say that that's true about beheading cockroaches and having them stay alive so, for a long so time. far we're two for two yeah uh <laughs> yeah but i don't i don't call it completely true that they could survive nuclear winter because i don't well you know, they're more resistant too they are more resistant yeah. yeah um okay let's see what else do i have here uh cockroach species live on every continent except antarctica um they are more common in tropical areas than mm. more like there's more of them and more mm-hmm. different species in tropical areas but they can live even on mount everest there's a species that specifically is a specialist to living on Mount Everest. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we saw that like cockroach handler in Utah. At the museum? Aquarium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw a cockroach in Spokane once. Hmm. All right. Anyways. Uh, the <laughs> Okay. So then there's also the myth that you can't poison them or like insecticide them. And that is also partially true. Um, they are, are innately resistant to a lot of common insecticides. All right. Uh, and the reason is actually like. It makes sense. They they have been innately resistant to those insecticides since before humans even existed. They mm. are gaining resistance too. Um, and they've also learned that sugar is usually a bad sign and they should <laughs> not eat sugary things because they used to use corn syrup mm. to bait cockroach traps and stuff. And they, they so that they're learning as a species. To yeah, not... they're evolving to not super love sugar. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. Anyways, um, the reason that they are really, really protected against toxins is they have one of the longest genomes of any insect that we've studied the only insect at the time of the article that i read the only insect that had been genotyped and had a longer genome was the locust Uh, and a lot of that is junk dna or i should say dna that we don't know the purpose of because i feel like just saying it's junk dna is maybe a little presumptuous yeah the more we found out about human dna the less junk dna there was yeah anyway so but a lot of it is just like repetitive codes over and over again like just the same code on over and over again Mm -hmm. um at any rate a lot of it is also coding for enzymes that are used to break down toxins um they are specialist at consuming garbage essentially all right like even before they were humans to make garbage they were eating trash (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) trash Mm -hmm. like rotting wood and debris on the ground and fungus and whatever they can find they are basically the mushrooms of the insect kingdom well, that's a good thing to have because, like, for a long time, wasn't there just, like, more and more wood filled up because nothing could process that? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm no. sorry. Uh, trees, like, showed up before things that could break down trees. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about that. I'm sorry. I'll have to show you later. Apparently, my biology education decided to skip that part of <laughs> Whatever. Treeology. Point being, um, they are really good at scavenging and eating just whatever. So they have really good immune systems and they have really good like little bug livers, basically. And so if I ate food out of the trash all the time, I'd be uh, healthier? No. <laughs> I definitely did not say that. <laughs> if you ate food all the, out of the garbage can all the time, if, and this is a big if, you survived and you had a child <laughs> and that child ate trash all the garbage can all the time... And also somehow survived, <laughs> and so on and so on. 
for like thousands of years, then yes, maybe your child would be healthier. But somehow I don't think that's true. So my grandchild would not be super healthy because I ate a bunch of trash. No. <laughs> no, unless you were eating what like... What if you also ate a bunch of trash? I don't... <laughs> I don't know. No, you know what? I'm going to say that eating a bunch of trash is not evolutionary evolutionarily advantageous because I do not want to sleep with you after you've eaten a bunch of trash. <laughs> so there you go. Um, okay. So... <laughs> You really got me on track. Okay. Um, I talked about the genomes and the opportunistic scavengers. Um, Oh, and also they may actually be able to survive in the microwave. I couldn't find a lot of information about this, but it's possible for starters that they're just lucky and the ones that survive happen to be in the dead spots of the microwave Mm because there are dead spots in microwaves. So I suppose if you filled your microwave with cockroaches and ran it and there was even one surviving, you'd be like, oh no, cockroaches can survive in the microwave. Right. Yeah. Um, however, they are pretty low moisture. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you don't have a lot of moisture, microwave isn't going to do much to you. Yep. So. As we learned in Godzilla versus Hedera. Jury is out on cockroaches in the microwave. Uh, I had to put a bullet point in here to remind everyone that no cockroaches were harmed in the making of the Sarah Science Hour. I mean, a lot of cockroaches were harmed in the making of the science that I'm talking about. Um, but it fact, wasn't personally. I did not personally kill any cockroaches. I have personally never killed a cockroach because I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest and we do not have cockroaches. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have cockroaches that I know of. There's only like a couple species of cockroaches that even live in houses with people. Like literally the vast majority of cockroach species are, they live outside and they eat like dirt and mm-hmm. they're fine. <laughs> they don't bother humans <laughs> at all. Um, La cucaracha on the other hand, is a different thing. Yes. So that's our science hour. I hope you all enjoyed all this talking about cockroaches. As it turns out, cockroaches are really cool and they're good for the environment and we should be nice to them. Same goes for spiders. Yes, and not scorpions, so we must genocide them. Same with mosquitoes. Uh, Mosquitoes probably serve a purpose. Hate. They give everything something to hate. I think mosquitoes can pollinate. Not intentionally, but, you know, I don't know. (laughs) As they're sucking blood. Well, they crawl all over flowers too, right? I've Maybe. never seen them on flowers. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, you could say mosquitoes keep the large animal population in check too, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, anytime that you're applying a pressure to some to a population, you are giving them a reason to evolve into something better, I guess. So I will tell myself that when we see thousands of Upon thousands of mosquitoes later on the summer. I'll just be staying inside. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I, well, how would you rate this movie? Hmm. I didn't find any quotes that I felt. Two out of five. Two, two out and a half out of five. Okay. It was okay. It was fine. Yeah. I think I'd put it around there. If like this, if any of the sun didn't interesting to you at all, watch it. If not. You can skip it. It was not vital to the Godzilla. um, The Godzilla canon. Yes. But on the other hand, it was actually kind of fun to watch right up until the end when I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's my life story. Yeah. Uh, We do need to talk about our promotion right now. Oh, I was just going to just say, like, I was going to get kind of sappy for a second. I just really wanted to say thank you. If you're listening and you've been listening since the beginning or you just jumped on today, thank you for listening to this. This Mm -hmm. is like totally a labor of love that Lee and I make. We... (laughs) We also have full-time jobs, and we know that this is not, like, a big popular podcast. So we just really appreciate you listening in. Yeah. And um, thank you. It's been a wonderful year. You yes. guys have kind of stepped us in a little bit throughout the pandemic. So Especially Austin. Like, I can't tell you how jazzed we were to get your um. We I love your, your email, Austin. Keep sending us emails. <laughs> we love them, please. Yeah. Our mega fan, Austin. <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, God, they've called me out again. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> people are too weird (laughs) it's like the opposite of a stalker fan when we are stalking our fan (laughs) (laughs) okay now we can talk about your promotion all right um we want andrew to watch cats because we're not gonna do it yeah i'm not gonna do it and we're getting to the point that we're just gonna donate the 20 (laughs) dollars it's not yet we gotta hold out for the we need some patreons that's what we're asking for yes we want one dollar a month is all we're asking of four of you is it four? I thought we knew about five. Let's call it four. Okay, wow. 
I think it's four. I thought it was five. That's funny. All right. Five, well, four or five of you. Whatever. <laughs> four to five of you need yes. to pay $1 a month to become patrons. And then we'll make Andrew watch cats. Yes. Because he's got, he shouldn't have put the, put it up there if he didn't want it to happen. That's right. But for $20, he'll watch cats. And if we can get a few of you, I will put up that money myself. And then we can all enjoy the pain that he goes through. Yeah. I like that he's kind of going through like the, the, cycle of grief on the podcast where every time he talks about it he sounds a little bit more accepting of his fate yes he love hates it he went which, through denial that the first one was denial he was like not talking at all when they were talking about it second one was anger yeah <laughs> <laughs> bargaining is like uh i'll donate 20 dollars never means if i don't no, i'm kidding but you know what i mean yeah he's going through it he's feeling it yes but we i really want a few more of the podcasters because we do have to pay for web hosting and stuff like that. And I, I am a Patreon. You're a, isn't it? You're a patron. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm a patron. Um, because <laughs> I like, there's more shows than just us on there and I want to support what? that. There are. Yeah. <gasps> I'm kidding. I knew that. We got the nerd. I am. We got nerd. trading pages. Okay. Yes. Bumbling sanity, social hour for Martin. Um, uh, anything else? I don't know. <laughs> Kaiju coffee break. That goes without saying. Oh, it doesn't. In this instance. <laughs> we were going to secede. Nah. Okay. Um, We'd have to get our own patrons. No. <laughs> okay, we're never leaving. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take us out. Uh, Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say about the promotion no i think that was quite enough Thank yes you. do you have anything you want to say to our loyal listeners all five of them thanks for listening like this show is fun i i started i the idea came because i wanted to get sarah to watch these movies with me and we managed to like find a way to watch it and talk about it and go deeper than just like no eh, that was fine that sucked that was great we yeah. actually get to think about it and this has made me like more some movies more than I did originally. I think it's fun that we we really get into. I I really enjoy getting into the science parts of it and having an excuse to do some science communication, which isn't something that like I never really considered that I was good at, mm-hmm. and I still not quite sure. <laughs> um, but I just I can get to geek out, and that's really fun. Yeah. and it's yeah, I've just really enjoyed. I've enjoyed making the podcast, even mm-hmm. though there have been times where it's like I cannot stand to get in front of a microphone. Oh my god, why is this happening to me? <laughs> why do we do this? Yeah, why am I doing this to I myself? I don't like to talk in front of people, and yet here I am. Yeah, it's almost like we're just having a conversation, kind of. Yes. And that's, so that's nice. But yes. And it also allows us to spend more time with each other, and that's great, too. Mm-hmm. When you've been married for seven years. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening, thank you, honestly. Yeah. I thanks, appreciate it. Thanks for the last year, and we're looking forward to another year of Kaiju Coffee. Yeah. We have exciting things coming up soon, so stay tuned, because Lee's got big, big plans for season two of Kaiju Coffee Break when yeah. we end the show, a collection. Yes, I'm working on some changes to the show, and like... Good changes. Yes. And we are only like halfway through the amount of Godzilla movies that I own. <laughs> Plus, we have there's at least two different series on Netflix, and there's just an on-end. There's no of, end. There's no end of even just Toho content. Yep. But then there's also like Gamera, and I'll, yeah, it'll be fine. Power Rangers, if we really wanted to. Oh boy, we're not we're not getting into like Super Sentai stuff, are we? Just the just the Power Rangers movie, I feel like. Okay. Take a sec. Uh, do you think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are kaiju? <laughs> they are strange beasts. Uh, the Japanese animated version, yes, mm. because I saw the finale of that, and the four turtles turned into robots. Yes. The robots, the four robots turned into one giant robot, mm-hmm. and then that one giant robot turned into one Ninja Turtle. No, like oh God, a, hu- a human ghost. What? Yes. <laughs> to defeat shredder it was like the finale and i had no idea what was going on <laughs> what's new <laughs> okay <clears throat> Kaiju coffee break is brought to you by pants pending studios and our patrons on patreon become a patron at patreon.com slash pants pending should i do my uh nerd voice if Mine's you really want voice. to listen to new no i can't remember anymore <laughs> yeah that's probably better off. listen to new episodes every other sunday at K- kcb <laughs> Keep going. KCP.pantspending.com or wherever you download podcasts. And if you like what you hear, consider leaving us a rating. It really helps us out. Got something to say? Send us an email, kaijucoffeebreak at gmail.com. Tweet at us at breakkaiju or hit us up on Facebook at kaijucoffeebreak. Thank you, as always, to Andrew and Amanda of Pence Studios for the support and to Zen for bringing out the weirdo in all of us. 
Happy one year, everybody. Yes, it's been fun. Help us make Andrew watch pets. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the weird world of nearly news. They came here for what Chris calls news. <laughs> Daily Mail reports a Chinese man nearly died after allegedly inserting a wiggling 16-inch eel into his backside Ow, why? to treat his constipation. Oh, oh the spider to catch the fly. Man in Canada is raising eyebrows after being filmed in a drugstore scraping social distancing stickers off the floor, arguing that he is fighting to liberate the people. Let my people go. <laughs> Job Moses. <laughs> and of course, Burr Martin's Nearly News loves its subscribers. I would like to thank the following people. Weed Lord Boner Hitler. <laughs> Honky Wiener Fart. <laughs> Bone Lord COVID Hitler. <laughs> and finally, we'd like to thank my little ball sack. <laughs> So if you like your news with a little bit of schadenfreude, subscribe now to Burr Martin's Nearly News. Thank you very much for the episode, and good night. <laughs> Recording. I'm being recorded. Say something. La 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 la. Happy birthday, Kaiju Coffee Break. Yay! It's our 21st episode, by the way. Oh, how exciting. Mm-hmm. The show's old enough to drink. <laughs> well, that explains it. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Ready? Now I'm ready. <laughs>